Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. As we get into the Word of God, we understand our sermon series has been about the process, the process. Uh, it's such a wonderful on-time sermon series that's really uh, causing me, and I believe it's causing us, and I believe that this is the time period, and I, and I, I believe that these sermon series are, as well are, are very timeful, they're needful, uh, but also very prophetic in nature as far as where we are as a body in Jesus' name, you know, just being able to move through certain steps and where we are, where we need to go. Amen. So this was right on time for me. I don't know about everybody else, but this was right on time for me where I really need to look at my process. I need to look at what's going on with me. You know, uh, look at my walk with God. Of course, we're always doing that, but to really, really take a hard look. As the man of God says, you know, as he began to tell me about what God gave him as far as this particular sermon series, this is about taking a hard look um, at our walk, at our lives, you know, where we're at, uh, our process. How are we responding? Uh, what are we doing? You know, are we stuck? You know, uh, are we moving forward? You know, um, what's causing us to be stuck? What's causing us to be moving forward? Are we moving in the right direction? You know, what are the things that have been dormant? What are the things that have been, you know, just been sitting there that, that you know, we have not really dealt with? Uh, what is the hard thing that you don't want to talk about? You know, uh, that's a part of your process. It's a part of your life that you just want to just not deal with it, not, you know, just make it go away. You know, just want to move on past it, but not really deal with it. It's all a part of our process. And I love the, the pictorial, uh, you know, just to be able to speak to this, this the lens of our life, you know, the, the almost like in a, in a sense of the film story of our life. There is a process. Even when you look at different movies, look at different shows, you see different characters going through different processes, going through different, uh, uh, you know, they have different stories, you know, that they're walking through that develops this character, that develops, we get to know the character through their script, of course, but we get to know them through how they act out that script, how they act out that word, you know, in the midst of what the story is of their lives, you know, so it's right on time for us because I believe that we, as we, you know, really endeavor to really uh, apply the word of God, you know, in our lives, it can become difficult. It becomes challenging a lot of times. And our process is not an easy thing, but I believe in God's mind and heart for us to move forward, to move forward, which is not an easy thing to do. You know, we sing about it, pray about it. You know, we desire it, uh, but to move forward in a healthy manner, to move forward in a holistic manner, to move forward in a righteous way, to move forward in the right direction, all of these things is not always just the easiest thing to do because there's a lot of things that fight us, amen? So this morning, I want to talk about the process of conversion, the process of conversion the process of conversion. And for some of us, you know, and, and let's get, if you want to grab your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 30, uh, 34. Amen. Uh, and we're just going to read. I'm going to read all these scriptures and then we'll, 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 we'll go into it because I got a little ways to go. Amen. Saying so, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you 
that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I will tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Amen? Amen. So when we're looking at this story, it's a very well-known story. Uh, um, You know, I love Luke's you know, really presentation of this story because it really gives us another viewpoint into the conversation that Jesus had with Peter. Um, And this conversation really just came out of the blue, you know. Um, And when we're talking about conversion, you know, we're talking about really being able to, you know, change, change to a place that we have not been able to change before. I love Peter. And if we talk about development of character, I love just how he, we see his character develop throughout the scriptures and we see his process. One thing I love about the Bible is that the Bible does not hide the process of people. You know, uh, it, it gives me encouragement because I mess up. You know, I'm not always right. Sometimes I'm overzealous. Sometimes I'm in my flesh. Sometimes, you know, I, I deal with my flesh. Sometimes I'm disobedient. Sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I, I don't do what's right. I pray what's right. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm rebellious. I know what to do and I just didn't do it, you know. And, and, and these are things that we see throughout scripture, how God deals with his people when they're in these different situations. And, and, and then how does that person begin to actually still come to a level of development as far as their maturity or they come up short and begin to really fall back and go back into old ways, amen? So this, this, this is something that we have to look at, you know, this morning. I want us to look at this process of conversion. Many would probably think this morning, like, well, you know, I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I don't feel like I need to be converted. I'm pretty much, I've got my mind made up. Now, some people may be honest and say, you know what, my mind is not really made up. You know, I'm still <laughs> making my mind up whether I want this from day to day. You know, and with any relationship, really, you got to choose day to day whether you're going to invest into that relationship or not, whether it's your roommate, friend, husband, wife, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, your children, uh, and especially this relationship with God, are we, can we invest ourselves in these relationships? Where, am I going to choose to give myself to these relationships? You know, and, and, and sometimes because we feel like we, we are just around, meaning like, you know, some people might say, hey, well, I was there or I'm in the house or, you know, I haven't left, you know, then that means that I'm committed. That's not true. Just because I haven't left doesn't mean that I'm committed to a relationship. Just because I pick up the phone and or, or we may converse doesn't mean I'm committed to the relationship. Commitment has a certain level of sacrifice that, that it requires of the person that says that they are committing to this relationship. Amen? Amen. So when we're looking at this process of conversion, we have to take that hard look at ourselves and say, okay, God, even if you've been converted before, you know, meaning, uh, you know, you, you came back to God before, you know, and, and you, you know, you did change. But where, for where you're trying to go right now, are, is there another level of conversion that needs to happen? 
And I'm just going to tell you that there is. Amen. Uh, there is for all of us. There's another level of conversion on the inside, change on the inside that needs to happen. So as they're sitting there and, and we're just picking up the scripture, Jesus just casually begins to just tell Simon this, this, this what's going on in the realm of the spirit. He begins to tell him what the desire of Satan is. He says, uh, Simon, Simon, behold, look, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Satan hath desired to have you, hath desired to have you. So when we're looking at this process that we're going through, a lot of times, you know, we look at, oh, what I have to do and what, you know, the different things that, you know, I, I'm not coming forward to be able to accomplish, I'm not being able to, you know, be successful in, and these things are holding me back and I hold myself back and all these other things, but there's a, there is a entity, there is a personality, there is a spiritual being that does have a desire at times after some of our walks, you know, after some, sometimes when we hit certain places in our life, you know, we don't see Satan now really coming, you know, we, we, he already knows he's coming for Jesus, right? But we don't see him coming for all of the other disciples. There's some, this, this conversation that Jesus began to have with Simon. And this conversation, and when God begins to have different conversations with you, you have to really begin to perk up your ears and really begin to listen because God is telling you something specifically for a specific reason. It's not that, you know, and maybe when I begin to ask my God, why is it that you only warned Simon? Why is it that you only dealt with Simon? You know, uh, why is it that, you know, because we know, we know that everybody else did the same thing that he did, except for one. But it, it, it's, it's, it, everybody else, you know, denied him, they left, they did all these other things. But it was something about Simon and the purpose of whom Simon is supposed to be in the, in the gospel, in, in the kingdom of God, that God had to talk to him a certain type of way. Jesus had to disciple him a certain type of way. Jesus had to deal with his soul a certain type of way, right? So it says, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. So look at this. Now, when we talk about desire, this, this word here, hath desired, uh, it means to ask or beg for oneself or to ask that one be giving up to one from the power of another pretty much in this situation, for the purpose of torture and punishment. It means to ask or beg for oneself to ask that one be given up to one from the power of another. If we go back to Job, uh, you can see the Bible talks about how the, when the sons of God pretty, came, pretty much came you know, before God, you know, talking about the angels, talking about the second heaven, talking about this place of uh, where decisions are made, where the, you know, the judge is dealing out different decisions, you know, different things are happening. And, and, and as they come before God, he sees that Satan is in the midst of them because Satan knows the process or he knows how heaven operates. And it's not just a place for relaxation, but there is an order, there is an operation that happens when God delegates and he administrates. You know, there's a gift of administration for a reason. It came from God. So, you know, that, 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 you know, he delegates, he administrates these particular things 
you know, upon the earth according to his will and according also to sometimes man's decisions. But also, if Satan has this, this leeway to come, we understand he is the accuser of the brother, right? Meaning he is the, let's just say he's the prosecuting attorney. <laughs> he's the prosecuting attorney. He's the one who's trying to bring you up on charges all the time. So he watches you. He And he says, you know, okay, I can get that one because if I go before God and say, you know, because this is what he did. What, what did he do with Job? He asked, he asked God, he said, God, he's only like this because you keep on protecting him, meaning your power is protecting him. You, you, your power is what's keeping him. Release the power, release your power, your control over his life, your influence over his life so I can get to him. And I guarantee you that if you let me get to him, that this trial of his faith will not make it. Now, look at the confidence of God, even when we're talking about Job, and even when we're talking about Christ here. The confidence of God is, no, you're going to make it, right? Uh, the con but he, he, God now, you know, Jesus is now saying, look, this is what's coming for you. Satan is coming for you. Satan desires you because Satan has seen something about you. Satan, Satan knows you are the one from the conversations. For how, for how your leader deals with you, for how Jesus speaks to you, for how, how Jesus has revealed himself to you and the makeup of who you are, I see that there is a certain potential on the inside of you that God has a purpose that he's trying to really bring to fruition in your life that can be very, very dangerous to the plans that Satan has. So sometimes we have to begin to look at it and say, you know what? I have to stop downplaying who I am. When you look at the process, some things you're going to have to accept that you are who you are. You are who you are. You, and you have to fully accept that. Stop trying to fight it off. Stop trying to say, you know what? No, no, that's not me. Stop that. No, accept it. You know, and, and this is part of our process that we have to really look at because sometimes when we get attacked or sometimes we say, well, God, why is the devil coming at me like this? And why is it that, you know, uh, you know, these things are happening in my life? And why is it that I fight the fight so hard? Why is why is it? it it's because sometimes we have rejected the reason why. The reason why is because of who you are, what God has on your life, what God has called you to do. And what God is saying, I'm not going to repent from that calling. I'm not going to repent from those giftings. I've given them. I've been called there you just have to deal with it satan desired the one who would have we see later on the most influence because satan understands to to come after the one who has the most influence or the if you want to say the most leadership qualities even though if you look at peter's life you couldn't see these leadership qualities so this is where people get confused because you're like, man, I'm struggling. Man, you know, I, I, I'm not the best person. And man, you know, I, it, it got to be somebody else. It seemed like that they would be better than me. It seemed like they would be a better fit for this than I would. No, no, no. Because Satan is a, he's good at seeing the potential. See, some people, they've, you've, you've seen them already kind of bloom. But they're not even going to get to another level until you begin to go to another level. Right? 
So if Satan desired it, meaning he is demanding for people, let me have it. He won't make it. If you, if you let me try his faith, he won't make it. And for some of us, you're in the midst of a trial of your faith, but it's in places of your life that you don't like. Maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in, it's in you know, your family. Maybe it's in, but it, you know, when the faith becomes, gets on trial, because we're not talking about God testing faith. And sometimes these two things happen at the same time. But, you know, a lot of times, because the, he's accusing the brother before God. The Bible says day and night. He's always trying to bring us up on charges. He's always trying to get us to catch a charge, to, to, to deal with guilt, to, to, be, uh, uh, to be caught up in sin. He's always trying to accuse us before God. See, God, they said this and they ain't doing it. See, God, they, they said that they was going to give you their all. Remember they were singing that? They were singing that last month. Look at that. They lied. Said so they're a liar. They're a liar. Look at them. They're a liar. You say the liar is going to be in the lake of fire. So they're not, they're not yours. But I think God, look at Jesus already being in his role. Jesus already saying, you know what? I'm going to intercede in the midst of this. I'm going to advocate for you. I'm going to, you know, come in between what's going on, what, what Satan has desired and what I understand what God is, wants to do in your life. I'm going to preserve the call on your life. But all of this was a part of his conversion. The hardest parts of our lives is a part of our conversion. Because through the hardest parts of our lives, the, diff the most difficult things that we deal with these are the things that helps us to really be, be broken down to the place where we can be used by God. To be broken down to the place where we have to make a decision whether we want God or we want our own way. Where we have to make a decision whether we're going to walk into what God has said and not just know it. Because a lot of us see we know it. And I think that this is where Simon or Peter begin to fall into this trap. Oh, man, I've been walking with Christ for three years, you know, three and a half years. You know, I done cast out devils. I done seen him. You know, I done served the man of God. I done, you know, he's taught me. I'm a true disciple. You know, look at how he, he deals with me. I'm one of the inner core, the inner three, me, Jane, and John. You know, we, 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 we the ones that are close, right? With the, you know, and, and the closer you get, the more that God begins to reveal, the more the fight it, it, you know, actually is intense in your life. This is why some of us, we don't want to grow. You fight against growth because you don't want things to intensify. You don't want things, you know, God, don't show me no more because things will intensify if I, if I, if I, if I know more about you. If I actually, if things are brought to a place of clarity, I want to abide in this place of confusion or I want to abide in this place of just not knowing I want to abide in this place of not knowing the details of what I'm supposed to do so I can have an excuse. We're taking a hard look. Come on, you ought to tell somebody, take a hard look. And if you're by yourself, look in the mirror and say, take a hard look. Take a hard look. Take a hard look at yourself. Take a hard look at yourself. Amen? So he wants to, what, torture and punish us, right? So he has desired to have you that he may sift you as we. Now this word sift 
Uh, it means to, by inward agitation, to try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. Meaning the enemy wants to get you so frustrated or so disturbed that your faith is what you give up. So uh, uneasy, so disgusted, so tired, so weary. Because see, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different types of agitation. You know, agitation is not just anger. He wants to get you so lustful, so, so perverted. It, that that I give up my faith. Because it's, it's all about the faith. He just uses the doorway of flesh to fight or to begin to get, get you to give up your faith. That's why he'll keep on coming, coming, coming. And you're just like, I'm tired of this. Why? Because I'm agitated. I'm agitated. Not even understanding. The enemy knows, yeah, you can give up on that relationship. You can give up on that business. You can give up on those dreams. You can give up on this. But those things, he, what he's trying to train you to do is to keep on giving up where you have placed your faith at at one point in time and to be okay with it. To be okay with not, not keeping your faith. To be okay with not following through what you said, I believe God in that area. This is what God told me, and I, this is what I'm going to see it through. No matter how, how much is, is hurting me, no matter how much is trying me, no matter how much is painful sometimes, that I'm going to keep on seeing this thing through. Because he knows that we are people of habit, we are creatures of habit. So if we can get that, if you can take on the mindset that it's okay to say, you know what? I don't, I don't even need, uh, you know, this is too much for me. This is too much. Pretty much what we're saying is my faith can't handle this. Or I'm not emotionally strong enough to be able to deal with this. So it's an agitation, sift us as wheat. It's an agitation that separates us from our faith. And when we're separated from our faith, we're separated from God. We're separated from having access to God like we need to have. Because our faith is how we have access. Our faith is how we stay strong. Our faith is how we are renewed. Our faith is how we keep moving forward. So if I can get separated from my faith, then I get stuck. I don't move forward. And therefore, I'm not able to change like I really want to. So then I go, what do I do? I go get self-help books. I go talk to you know people who have great ideas. I come up with great ideas myself. And I keep on trying to progressive areas of my life make myself better. And, and trust me, I'm not saying that these things are bad because what I do, I read the books and I see the spiritual principles that they have, that they're pulling this stuff from. And then I go and, and, and now spiritually try to, you know, uh, apply these things in my life. I hook it up to my faith. I hook it up to the way that I'm walking because I understand they may not be walking the way that I walk. And I can't walk the way they walk because my faith has to be a part of this because it can't just be on my own strength. I can't, it can't be just soulless power. It can't just be just my will alone because I have an enemy and my enemy has a mindset against me. Amen. When you on his side, then he'll let you go ahead and do what you want to do. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, be successful. Do this. Just don't come to God. Yeah, let money be your, let money be your idol. Just don't come to God. Be successful, be, you know, build the business, do, do all these great things. Just don't come to God. Amen. So 
it's in this place where he's trying to agitate us with different things to beat us as they would do with wheat to separate the shaft to get all the you know stuff that, that didn't supposed to be there the trash the stuff that needed to you know purify the wheat so it could be used properly amen so it, he is letting us know okay this is what the enemy wants to do and as the enemy wants to do this i want you to understand that he is desiring you and he wants to separate you and he wants to really really you know agitate you he said but what does jesus do but i have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not now one thing about the scripture you know we always get you know this is one of my favorite passages of scripture there will, but we always get and i'm gonna say that about a lot scripture <laughs> but we always get happy about um jesus coming into his role, advocating for us before the Father. You know, it, yes, yes, we're very happy about this, but I want you to understand and see something because we're taking a hard look at ourselves. Jesus is going to do what he's supposed to do. What is it that we need to see in this particular scripture about ourselves? We are going to make it, not because of what we have done, but because of somebody else's prayers. See, sometimes we begin to uh, we begin to see or we begin to because we have some success and we have some growth and we and now now let's grant let's and let's let's just really break down Peter here right Peter it was the most you know uh if you want to say he had the most faith he had the most revelation out of everybody think about it he's the one that walked on water he's the one that said thou art the Christ and, and Christ said, you know flesh and blood did not reveal this to you he's the one who was bold bold enough to even rebuke Jesus He's the one, he, he was this one. He was this one. And because he had these particular good qualities about himself that sometimes were expressed in the wrong way. Do you know anybody? And can you relate? As our pastor said, and Pastor Lincoln says, do you know anybody? Can you relate? You know, I got this, I got some good qualities, but sometimes they're just expressed in the wrong manner or in the wrong time. Or I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how to really express these qualities the right way. And like I know I can help people, but my help is still kind of, you know, harsh, you know, and, and not when it needs to be harsh, but it's just harsh all the time because that's the way I feel like I have helped. You know, people have had to help me, but that don't mean that everybody has to be helped like you was helped. That's not help for some people. Amen. And, and there's a place for some of those things. And then there's a place for not, not doing those things. There's a place for rebuking. And there's a place for encouragement. There's a place for these. Things. So it may be some things that, 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 that are good, you know, for me, but that, that, that it wasn't good for everybody. Right. But there's a place for these things. There is a place, you know, whether you like them or not, there's a place, amen? Whether you like to do them or not, because sometimes you can be in a, 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 a place of being able to help somebody or being able to, or having to be at that place where you need to rebuke somebody and you won't, or you need to deal with a situation and you won't, or you need to encourage somebody, but you rather rebuke them, or you need to build them up, but you don't want to build them up because you feel like they, they should be broken down. So it's a misapplication at times that we do. 
with these good qualities that we have because we feel like once I have this this thing that I believe works, then it should work across the board for all things. And that is not the way God does anything. Amen. Amen. So look, Jesus said, I have prayed for thee. I want to sober us up some today. I want to bring us down some, deflate us some today, right? Uh, We're at a place in our lives, not because of us alone. I really want you to really, really think about this. Think about the places where you struggle in your walk, your career, all these different things, and think about the people and Jesus and, you know, all these things that are on our side, our leaders, you know, that all these things that are on our side that really keeps us lifted up to be able to be stable when at times when we are more unstable than what we know. Jesus didn't say, you ready. Jesus, he didn't say, you know, Simon, Satan desires you, but you ready to stand. What did Jesus say? I'm praying for you. Because there are parts of in you that you don't realize that, you know, he's, he, he, he's a little right about. That he could take advantage of. That, that there are certain things that, that you're dealing with on the inside of you that because you've been covered in prayer, because you have been, that you have been uh, uh, helped and because people have been around you and, and, and people have are uplifting you and that people are saying your name out in prayer or people are holding you to a commitment sometimes that you don't want to be totally committed to, you don't even understand. This is what has been keeping you. When you don't want to hear the truth, somebody keep on telling you the truth. When you don't want to hear you wrong, somebody keep on telling you you wrong. When you don't want to hear that you don't, you you really not ready for where you believe God has called. Because we have to look at look at Peter. He was not ready. He wasn't ready for what God had called him to do, for the role that God had had you know in his life. On the inside, he was not ready. His faith was not ready. He needed assistance from someone else. He needed someone else to pray for him. He needed someone else to lift him up. He needed someone else to struggle, not uh, not struggle, but begin to uh, uplift him, strengthen him. Because this is what, this is what, you know, Jesus is doing. He's strengthening him by telling him, this is what the devil is doing. And but we, sometimes we're, we're apostle, Pastor Lincoln, and I've heard this, you know, people say, I don't like talking to Pastor Lincoln because so on, so on, so Not understanding how to be strengthened. This conversation came out of nowhere. Jesus talking to him in front of everybody. Because we love the prophetic, but we don't want the warning part of the prophetic because this, man, everything ain't always bad. Yeah. It's not. But, you know, at the same time, there are a lot of bad things that get planned and there are a lot of bad intentions of the enemy. And there are sometimes those bad intentions of the enemy can hook up with these parts in us that we have not really dealt with. 
that we feel like because we speak in tongues and we feel the presence of God and we feel a stirring on the inside of us that secretly we have given ourselves passes that we have really said, you know, we're in a good place. Oh, I know how to praise and I know how to do this and I know how to do that. You know how to do all that, but your soul, our soul sometimes is not, we're not in a place where we're totally committed like that. Because we can forget about, uh, uh, you know, certain things that we know how to do when certain situations come up. When certain situations come up, when certain things that we that we that we're having to face, when they come up, yeah, we forget. We forget. I don't know about it. Sometimes I forget. I go choose my flesh. I choose my frustration. I choose to, and we want to say, oh, I don't choose it. But, and, and this is where the maturity has to come, come in. You're making a choice every single time. Every single time. Whether that choice is influenced by the enemy, influenced by your own opinion, influenced by flesh, influenced by someone else's opinion, influenced by some other truth, influenced by the truth of the word of God, it is all a choice. It is all a choice. You only can say, I don't, I'm not making choices if you feel like I am possessed. That something else is really making choices for me. It's a choice. Whether you want to, when we say, well, people make me mad. People are not making you mad. People are agitating you, and you're a person that is easily agitated. Just tell the truth. You, you're a person that really, you're, you're, you're easily agitated. You're easily angered. We want other people to take on the responsibility for where we have to take on that responsibility for ourselves. It's gotta be somebody else's fault. So I can put the blame on someone else. So he had to pray for him. Boy. <laughs> he had to pray for him. And he prayed that his faith would fail him not. Right? Meaning the possibility that your faith can fail you is very, very real. My faith has failed me a few times. Meaning I did not go down the right way. I did not keep the faith. You know, I, my faith has failed me a few times. I did not pass the test. I did not, I did not, the manifestation didn't come. And then I, you know, sometimes I'm well, just waiting on God. No good way. I just messed it up. That's what I did. I messed it up. That's what, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't waiting on God in the first place. You know, I did not have faith or I spoke against it or I got agitated. I got upset, you know, or I felt like, well, if this person don't do this, then this is not going to happen. And this person and this and this and this and that and, and, and not understanding I'm now putting my faith in people more than I'm putting my faith in God. Because to put my faith in God in the midst of why people still doing what they want to do, I feel like that's going to somehow mess up God's plans. It may delay some things. It may affect some things. But if my faith stays consistent with God, if my faith, then my faith has more power than another person's decision. 
My faith has more power than another person, what they want to do, because my faith is consistent. My faith is, is, is busting through all of these different barriers and these different things that keep on coming up because I'm keeping my faith in God. But a lot of times what, what happens is I say, no, I don't want to keep my faith in God. Or I say, I'm believing God, but I need this person to do this. And I need this person to do that. And this person won't change. Not understanding sometimes the other person is a part of the trial of my faith or the trying of my faith. The testing of my faith. Why does God sometimes move slowly to move and begin to touch certain people in our lives? Because he's trying to see, will you keep your faith regardless of what they do or how they believe or whether they agree? Or do they have more influence in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions than God? Sometimes my wife had more influence. A lot of times my wife had more influence. A lot of times. A lot of times my children had more influence. A lot of times my money had more influence. A lot of times my boss had more influence. A lot of times my impatience had more influence than what the word of God was, than what the word of God was, was telling me. So he said, look, so let's, let's get to this. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. What was he basically telling him? You're not converted. Even though you've been following me. That there's a process of this conversion. That I need you to see some things about yourself. That, that there's th and this is why uh, Pastor Lincoln was telling us, take a hard look at yourself. Take a hard look. Have I strayed away? Am I, am I, as, uh, am I as diligent as I used to be? So what does conversion mean? Or oh, this word converted here. It says to, to cause to return, to bring back or to, uh, to the love and obedience of God. To cause to return, to bring back to the love and obedience of God. We have to be honest. For some of us, we've been walking with him and it's been way longer than three, three and a half years and your love is wax cold. Your love for him. Like he's not as special as he used to be. He doesn't move us like he used to. It takes a lot. He used to be more important than a TV show. He used to be more important than what anybody was saying. He used to be more important than what the family was saying. Because you, hey, I took a stand against family. I took a stand against people. I took a stand against my, you know, my own habits when I stopped smoking, drinking. And I didn't take a stand against fornication. I failed there. I did. <laughs> I failed there. I was not going here. I needed to, I needed to be here around that time. I, I failed. I failed miserably. Uh, but I, did, <laughs> I, I took some stands. I took some steps. I ain't going to say I stood. I sat up against fornication a couple of times. Oh my God. Yeah. I, mm -mm. No, I failed there. I failed. <laughs> my faith show failed me there. I sat up a few times. I never stood against fornication and my lust and porn and all that kind of stuff. Not until I really came here where it, I was taught how to stand. I was taught how to stand against this. Amen. So he's telling him, look, you're not converted. 
even though you the one that walked no water, you the one that really know who I am. I know you just got a hold of me. You just on fire for me. You you just all these different things. You're not converting. And one of the things that we have to look at is, do you can you strengthen someone else? Because the process of conversion means uh, I'm not so concerned about me, that I'm in a place to where now I can begin to strengthen other people. Now, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I'm set because my love, my obedience to God is I've made a decision there and I'm not changing it. It doesn't matter if I, if I messed up or I fell off and all these different things, but what Christ was really dealing with on the inside of him, not, it wasn't so much of his actions or the fact that he can make mistakes. It was, it was in this place that, 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 you know, really on the inside, he was not really fully given over. He had a lot of mouth. He had a lot of excitement. And he had some great shining moments, which we do, especially in Christendom. We'll talk about these great shining moments that we have. I'll just say me. I'll just say me. A lot of times I'll look at that, man, I, I can remember so-and-so, so-and-so. And it's almost like I rem- I'm reminiscing on these particular things in my life, these particular moments in my life. And, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, and, but when I really think about it, why is it not consistent? I have to be honest, a lot of those shining moments in my life came from the most pressure that was in my life, the most things that, that drove me to God, meaning that I, I, yes, I was choosing him, but I had a whole lot of help to choose him, right? I had a whole lot of help to, 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 to say, you know, well, I can't go the other way and I can't go sell no drugs and I can't go, you know, you know still, you know, rob a bank and I can't go do no crime. So I got to have faith. You know, this is the right way because I want to stay free, right? And I don't want to put myself in a bad place, right? Because a lot of times it was money. It was money situations for me, career situations. It was relationship situations that, that, that drove me back to God, drove me back to God. And a lot of times I felt like, well, I was the one that was all right, especially in my relationship. I felt like, oh, I'm okay. I'm trying to do what God said. I'm trying to do, not even realizing that at these, that, in the shadows, this this pride is there. The, in the shadows, this 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 blame is there. In the shadows, this 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 monster is being built on the inside of me, where I feel like, oh well, I'm doing this, and look at you, you seem to be struggling or something like that, and all this other stuff. But it, it, it but it was it wasn't a joining together that I was doing in my relationship. It was a well, you got to do this, and because I'm doing this, and you got and you're not doing this, and you're not. Not even understanding the subtle pride that was coming in because I'm I'm comparing, not with Christ. I'm comparing what we're doing. And I'm not saying don't hold people accountable because you do have to, right? But holding people accountable means I give you a choice. I give you a choice. You say you choose this way. You're going to do it or not. This is what's going to happen. We're going to walk through this or we're not. Plain and simple. So he was telling him what? He wasn't converted. And pretty much telling him, look, you're going you're gonna to deny me. Come on, let's go to the next scripture. You're going to deny me. And, and many of us, we don't want to say, 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Come on, let's go here. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. You know, Peter was proud of that. Like, this is a loyal brother. Like, look, I'm ready to fight for you, Lord. I'm ready to do. I am ready. I will die for you. But what did Jesus know? You are lying. You're lying. You don't even want to go to prison for me. You're lying. You are excited because you feel like you're better than all the other disciples. Because this seems like the thing that, and so for some of us, and God began to take me back. I remember I had a conversation because I was, I, was, I was at this point at one point in time. And I actually asked my leader, I asked the pastor, I said, you know, I really believe, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I really believe that I've really given my life over, you know, to a certain, like, I, I'm willing to die for this. And I asked him, I said, do you believe that I'm lying to myself? And he said, no, no, I don't, you know. But I was at a different place. <laughs> I think I'm in Peter's boat today. Uh, I'm really not that ready as I used to be. I'm not. Because this, this is where we say, we, you have to look at, uh, it, 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 I am not really ready to die because I'm still really trying to compromise and trying to conserve my life now when it just comes to my time. God don't have all of me. I'm saying well, I have certain things, and I think we all do on the phone. This is why this particular message, I believe, is coming forward today is because we have to look at, have I really given up my life or do I just give God some of myself. Like he asked me, you can have my heart, God, but can't have my time, you know. Uh, meaning I can be emotionally excited about you, you know, and I love you, but I don't want to give my whole life to you. I don't want to, I don't want to you to have total control over all of my decisions. I don't want to have to say I'm waiting on you while I'm struggling through things and I'm, I just got to wait on you. I want control over my life while I got you. I, I, I want to be free to do whatever I want to do. I want, I want my life and I want your life too, God. I want my life I don't want to be able to choose what I want. And, and this is the struggle. This is where Peter was. Even though he said, man, I am ready to go to prison for you, Jesus. I, mean, I am ready to die for you, Jesus. And this is where a good leader, you know, especially a good teacher, a good discipler, one whose disciples another, he begins to, come on, give me the next scripture. He begins to tell him, look, this was, this was about to happen. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, today. The same day this come out your mouth is the same day I'm going to prove you a lie. Don't mean I don't love you. <laughs> it, doesn't mean, it doesn't even mean that you're not called. It doesn't even mean that, you know, that the purpose of God is still not. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop praying for you. Doesn't mean I'm not going to intercede for you. I already know this. This is why I pray. 
Because what the enemy is saying, mm, I can kind of see where he may be able to overthrow your faith. Because what you're saying out your mouth right now, you're not ready to do. You're not ready to do that. He said, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Not just getting persecuted for me, you're going to deny that you ever knew me. And you have to ask yourself, if you're in a situation where your life is on the line, will you deny him? If you have to choose living and dying, is his name that important? Is this relationship, does it carry that much weight in our lives? I'm a little iffy. I'm going to just tell you the truth. I'm not going to ask you the question I answer. I'm a little iffy. It depends on where, probably depends on where I'm at in my walk. It depends on who it might be, right? When it shouldn't be, who it might be that's challenging me, you know, or who it might be that's threatening my life or something like that. It shouldn't be that, right? Maybe if I'm in front of somebody who's Muslim, not getting, you know, not trying to offend nobody, but just, just to be real, if I'm, a, maybe it's just, if it's somebody that's Muslim, let, no, I, I, but, you know, I stand for him. But it, maybe if it's another American that I feel like, hey, maybe I can kind of talk my way out of this. And like, yeah, of course I believe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know that, of course I believe, but don't we all believe? You know, we all believe in something. <laughs> you know, I might try to get a little creative. <laughs> For real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I might try to get a look. We supposed to be tolerant in America, <laughs> amen. You know, so put that up, brother. You know, what I'm saying like, you know, put that knock that machete down, brother. You know, what I'm saying like, for real. So, but he had to tell him like, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. And for some of us, we have denied him. We have denied him. We won't say it out loud. Like, well, Peter did. He was in such a situation where he was just really the fear, the pride, you know, and him saying these grand statements kind of set him up for a fall because he really was he really wasn't ready to really follow through what he said. And if we really look at some of our lives, we can say, God, you know, I'm believe you no matter what. We done said that, but a person is your no matter what. Is that what? A person in your life is that what? And they they matter. Now, more than your beliefs. Uh, so situation in your life is that what, and that, ma that what matters more than your beliefs. So we have to ask, and, and have, if have I really said, no, I'm going to believe him regardless. I'm going to stay in the way regardless, because, uh, you know, Pastor Lincoln has taught us the faith is not just belief, but faith is about walking in the way, staying in the way, walking in this path that has been created by God that don't have a whole lot of room in it. It's kind of tight. You know, they, you know, if you go to the right or the left, you easily get off the path. Easy. Amen. So let's let's look at we we know that he did it. He he wept bitterly, and everything that Christ said came to pass. Everything that Christ said came to pass. He wasn't ready, right? So let's go to John chapter 21. We want to give you a little bit of a, you know. Uh, There's a few scriptures, but I'm going to kind of, you know, because I don't want to keep you too long. Amen. So when they had dined, this is after Jesus 
died and risen from the dead. Now he's with them and all these different things. So now, you know, right at the, the table again at this place of eating, you know, it's good to go sit down and eat with folks sometimes. This is where, you know, you can have a lot of good conversation. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, we won't, you have to know who you're sitting down with. You could be having a regular conversation with a certain certain people, and it's not a regular conversation, right? These are things that, you know, and Jesus just turns and starts talking to them, just like he did and right when, you know, over in Luke when we was just there. You know, hey, he just said, hey, this is what is going on. And, uh, you know, I could see, you know, probably Jesus just, you know, sipping a drink, eating some bread, you know what I'm saying? And Satan has a diary. But I have prayed for you. Eat some bread, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just a regular conversation. And some of these things, sometimes because we down, we have downplayed sometimes who we are around and, be, and who God has called them to be in our lives. We don't put value or honor on these conversations that we just normally have. We want somebody to call us out. Oh, the Lord says this, the Lord says this, but these are regular conversations sometimes that, well, some of, some of the most information is shared. Just regular conversation, just talking. Amen? So Jesus says of the son of Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Come on, let's keep on going. I'm going to kind of condensed because I'll tell you where to stop at. <clears throat> he said unto him again, second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. So now Jesus and I, he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. So and, and here, and we know that these are different types of love that they're talking about. Now, as I begin to look into these loves, Simon was always saying, yes, I love you as a friend. Right. And, and Jesus said it the last time, but the other types of love was the agape love, the, the unconditional love. Do you love me? He was trying to get him to understand that there's another level of love. Yes, we're friends. I've already called you my friend. But there's another level of love. And one of the two combinations sometimes that we don't always put together is a love or faith that worketh by love. Our faith a lot of times works by our desires alone. Meaning it's just about what we want. It's just about our goal. But love is not mixed in with, with the, our love for God that keeps us obedient, that keeps us submitted, that keeps us from being prideful, um, that keeps us, you know, you know that love that, that, that keeps us being able to love others around us, that keeps us pure, that keeps our love pure before God, because I can't love, I cannot say that I don't love people around me, but say that I love God. The Bible already calls me a lie. We don't have to be prophesied or nothing like that. Nobody has to lay hands to tell you that because it's written in the scripture. If I don't love my brother and sister, you don't love God. Oh, my love that I profess for God is a lie no matter how you slice it. 
no matter how you look at it, no matter what you say, you know? And there's levels to the love that we have. And this, this love, he was trying to teach him that, yes, you're excited in your faith, but do you love me? Do you unconditionally love me? Meaning under no conditions will your love change. Meaning under no conditions will your love change. Peter always said, yes, I love you as a friend. I love you with the phileo love. Thou knowest that I phileo you, God. Jesus, you know that I love you. Like, 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 you know, no other friend in my life. But I never said that I love you and got pale because he, Jesus is still trying to get to something in Peter. Because he's saying, now go fulfill your role. Go fulfill what you said because you said you love me as a friend. Yeah, go feed my sheep. Go feed my lambs. Go deal with the young and the old. Go do that since you said you love me, but he was trying to get to something. That's why he kept on asking him. So the last time Jesus just asked me, he said, yeah, do you phileo me? So you know all things. You know that I phileo you, God, that I phileo you. He said, okay, feed my sheep. Come on, give me verse 18. This was real interesting to me. He said, very, very last thing to when thou was young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Give me the next scripture. So this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. <laughs> oh, this was a tough conversation. I know, you know, it's right over dinner. You know, he's eating with them, but he's looking at Peter saying the same thing that you denied, that you denied my name. When I was going to go do this, you're going to do it. The thing that you was the most afraid of back then, just a few days ago. Oh, yeah, you're not even going to have a choice how you're going to die. But follow me. Follow me. He'll say, look, come, come, keep, keep moving forward because I want to know, is this the condition? Is this the condition that you're going to say, no, I don't love you that much, God? <laughs> oh, that, see, we have some conditions that we say, God, I know I don't love you that much. And it's okay to be honest. God, I don't love you that much yet. I got conditions on my love for you. I love you as a friend, God. I want you to listen to me, and I'll listen to you. You know, we'll talk, and sometimes we'll agree to disagree, just like I do with my friends. But this is God. This is not just a friend. Yes, he is a friend. He, he talks to us as a friend, as a father. He presents himself in many different ways to us. And if you really think about this, this great God is looking to have have this 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 uh, relationship with us in so many different levels, but understand, we still got those. These are things that we cannot, you know, uh, we can't take away that that particular part of who he is. So he said, "Look, you know, you're going to walk when you was young, meaning before you got converted, and you did what you wanted to do before before you got to a place of maturity." You did what you wanted to do and, and went where you wanted to go. But when you come to this place, when you get older and more mature in this thing, 
you're going to not have a choice on how it's going to end. You're not going to have a choice on how the certain situations are going to come together. You're not going to have a choice. You're going to have to just go and let what happens happen and trust me and follow me. Follow my example. Follow what I'm saying. You're going to have to love me more than your life. You're going to have to love me more than your life. Well, well, you know, we, we talk about this scripture, you know, you know, they will say well, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, what is the other part of the scripture? They love not their lives to death. For some of us, you know, you call to a certain level of where your life is slated for him. This life, and it should be a life that's already given over. Meaning this is why the Bible talks about I'm dead in Christ. And yes, it's hard sometimes to stay dead. It's hard sometimes to say, because this is what Jesus, Jesus is making this very clear to him. He didn't tell any of the other, and we know that some of them, uh, he wasn't the only one, you know, that, that died for the gospel. He wasn't. But Jesus is making it very clear to him, and this is where some of us have a problem with God, because God has made it very clear. You can sense what's about to happen if you move forward, and that is what's had you stuck for the last two or three years. This is what's had you stuck for the last four or five months. This is what's happened, because if I mature, it's going to be something, it's going to be such a crushing that's going to happen that I, I don't even think I'm ready for this. If I walk forward, then, you know, my life is going to be on the line. The life that I know, the life that I want to choose, the life that I love now, the life that I adore, the life that, that well, I get to do what I want to do and go where I want to go, spend where I want to spend and doing all this stuff. I don't get to have those choices. But he's saying, but when you get old, this is when you know you have matured, you have processed to a place of conversion. When you are in this place to where now you've given up your life, now you can go back and strengthen someone else. Now, because this your life is about them in the first place. We don't want our life to be about other folks. What about me, God? What about what I want to do? Who says that God ain't going to never let you do what you want to do? That's fear talking. God is gracious. Yeah, you can do that, but don't leave this undone. You want to put your faith over there? Put your faith there, but don't leave this undone. If you leave this undone, then you can't do that. Just be honest. You can't do both. Or you don't have enough stewardship to do both. Or you have not died enough to be able to do both. Because the same principle is going to apply even if you choose what you want to choose, you still have to give up your life unless you just depend on the flesh. So, so he said, well, then Peter turned about seeing, he said the disciple whom Jesus, whom Jesus, who, whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Right? Let me next scripture. This is, this is us right here. Peter seeing him said unto Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? <laughs> How's he going to die? Uh, you telling me to tell somebody else. Why, why is it you got to have these tough conversations with me? Why is it that you, that, that, that out of everybody, that you got to come and, 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 and have these, these tough conversations with me? Why is it that you holding me accountable to this? Why are you making this so clear to me? Why is it that you're telling me, what about this man? 
What about this man? He 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 looked. The Bible said he looked around. Man, do y'all? I know y'all heard what he just said, but why he ain't saying this to nobody else? Why he's not saying this to anybody else? What shall this man do? What did Jesus say to him? <laughs> Jesus said, "If if I will that that he tarry till I come, what is it that what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Stay on your own path." He said, "If if I will that 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 if he stays alive till I come, what is it to you?" What is, it, what is that to you? What they got to do with you? See, I know we, you know, we, we talk about this. Jesus was cold-blooded, man. Jesus, Jesus is like, you know, take, take what I'm telling you. Take this truth that I'm telling you about you. This ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. But we like to look around because our love really is not there because our faith has failed us before. Jesus is still trying to convert this man over. It's not until we go to Acts that we really see the Peter that supposed to be, that he said, like, okay, if this is it. It's it. I've given it over. I've given it over. I, you know, my life is his, totally. It's not until we see the fullness of the kingdom of God come and he begin to come and we just begin to speak. And we see him taking rebukes from Paul. We see him taking rebukes from heaven. We see him still taking rebukes, even in Acts. Still getting corrected. Still saying, no, don't you be acting funny with them folks over there. Why? Because Peter just had these things he had to deal with on the inside of him. Different mindsets and different things that God had to continue to, to shift and, and, and change. Yeah. You remember he got that rebuke from heaven when he was on the, uh, uh, on the roof? Don't call unclean what I call clean. Okay. <laughs> you know, but we don't hear Peter coming back like that so much in the scriptures after this. We don't hear a whole lot of rebuttal. So your rebuttal is a, is a fact, is, 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 is a sign that we've not died. We got to have something to say because I'm not dead. And I'm not saying, okay, you're trying to get to the truth, but how is your rebuttal? That rebuttal comes out of a place. And no, you're not going to, uh, it's going to have to be about somebody else too. And I don't want to be the only person. What about it? No, it's just about you. It's just about you. It's not about anybody else. This conversion is about you. It's about me. When it comes down to it, Nobody else is going to stand before God for me. And if I truly believe that, then what does any, I have to ask with Jesus, I have to ask myself, what is that to me? What is that to me? Yes, it's a high price. I'm not saying this is easy because I love folks in my life. I do. I love, I love, I love my, I, I, I love my friends. I love my brothers, my sisters. I love my family. I love, you know, my children and all these other things. But God has no bones. He don't pick no bones to say, you know, you got to love me first and more. I got to be more important than all of them. 
And if I'm not, you ain't really walking this. So I just want to encourage you today. <laughs> I hope you feel encouraged. <laughs> I pray that this is encouragement. I want you to take a hard look at yourself. A hard look at yourself. A hard look at yourself and say, okay, why is it that it's not that you have to learn more. Some things just got to die. Just as Pastor Lincoln told us last week, there's some things that has to die. There's an authority in our life that has to die. There's things in our life that has been released in our life that has to die. Like, it has to come to an end. Like Not that I'm just struggling. Don't know that I have to make this end. I have to keep on bringing it. I have to speak death to it. I have to. It has to die. And what my connection to it is has to die as well so I can live the life that God, the fullness of a life that God, that abundant life that, that Christ has promised us. My life is, is broken apart sometimes because I'm living my life, my way on my terms. <laughs> 